Greetings, and welcome to the FPC Sermon Reprisal. This is the sermon that was given the past Sunday, and we offer it here in podcast form for your listening enjoyment. Carrie, thank you very much. This month, our theme and our goal has been to develop a robust understanding of suffering. We began three weeks ago by affirming that suffering has value. Next, we talked about the reality. Becca led us into the study that suffering connects us more deeply with Jesus. Last week, we talked about the fact that suffering deepens us so that we can experience deeper joy and deeper life, abundant life. But today we're looking at the reality, this amazing truth that suffering deepens our connections with each other. Suffering deepens our relationships with each other. I want to read you a poem that has always haunted me. And for many years, I thought this poem was true. And now I don't believe it is. It's by Ella Wheeler Wilcox. And here is the poem. Laugh and the world laughs with you. Weep and you weep alone. For the sad old earth must borrow its mirth, but has troubles enough of its own. Sigh and the hill sing and the hills will answer sigh and it's lost on the air the echoes bound to a joyful sound but shrink from voicing care goes on like that laugh and the world laughs with you weep and you weep alone i think our poet was in a fairly dark place and this poem reminds me of the many years that i believed this that if we were happy people would join with us, but that if we were sad, people would distance themselves from us. And I must admit that I have found that to be true in many, many places, but it's not true in the kingdom. And when the church is healthy, it is not true in the family of God. The people of Jesus are called to voice care. We are called to enter into each other's suffering. Where others might be tempted to shrink back, we are called to lean in. Paul tells us that the way we live out the law of Jesus, this is our memory verse, is by bearing each other's burdens. We don't shrink back from suffering, but we enter into the suffering that others are bearing. And here is the silver lining. As we bear burdens, as we bear each other's burdens, we will find our relationships deepened. This is true. It's true when the church is on their game. When the church is really healthy, I have found that you actually need to work pretty hard to weep alone because everywhere you turn, you'll find followers of Jesus ready to bear your burdens, ready to cry with you, ready to suffer alongside. If you suffer in a healthy church, you will find people eager to bear burdens with you and as well to laugh with you when it is that time. Today, we're looking at a text a text in Paul's letter to the Corinthians about the church being a body. We're going to explore this text more deeply in April, but today we're looking at the very last line in this scripture. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. So right away, we need to know something. We need to know what this word for member is. When we think of a member, we think of someone who's, I think of someone who's like a member of 
a team or a member of a club. I could be a member of a chess club or I could be a member of my local YMCA. I could be a member of a gym. Um, but that's not what Paul was thinking about at all. When Paul was writing this, the word member actually meant a part of the body. A hand was a member, an elbow was a member, an arm was a member, a nose was a member. So I always think if, if, if this had been written, if we had lived in Paul's time, if we were gonna get on a roller coaster, if they had had roller coasters in Paul's time, the person leading the roller coaster would say, please keep your members inside the cart. Don't let your members get outside the cart. Um, if Paul was talking about it, he would say, if he, if he lived during a pandemic, he would say, when you put on your mask, make sure that your mask covers all of the members on your face. Don't let some of the members of your face get outside your mask. Um, Paul would have talked about the members of our body. He would say, do you want to borrow my gloves? Are your members cold? Um, so a member is a part of a body. And then Paul wrote this idea saying, we are all members. We're not individuals, really. We're members of a bigger body, of something bigger. And so that's where our language of membership comes from. The Latin word for member, member is membrum, and it just means part of the body as well. And so we've taken this image that Paul's given us, and now we use it in our culture to talk about being a member of a club or a team or something like that. So Paul is laying out this image that we are not individuals, but we are connected because we are all just a small part of something that is bigger. So let us listen to our scripture. Would you join me as we pray and prepare to hear God's word? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power and the joy and the way your spirit is at work. Give us ears to hear what you are saying. Help us to listen to you as we place ourselves under your word, seeking to grow and be transformed as we encounter you. In your name we pray and God's people said, amen. Our brother Fred is going to be reading our word. Fred. Our scripture this morning is from 1 Corinthians 12, verses uh, 12 through 26. And as you can see, it'll be available on the screen for you to read along. It says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the, bodies of the, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, 
but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be to God. That is how connected the followers of Jesus are. Paul is just explaining the way it is, not the way he wants us to act. He's just explaining the way it is. And a nose can say that I don't want to be a part of the body. A nose can say, I so dislike the feet that I don't want to be connected to the feet because they stink. Um, I am, and the nose can say, I'm declaring my independence from the body. But that doesn't do well. We all know that noses do not do well when they're not connected to the body, nor does the body do well when the nose is not connected to it. We know the truth that we are connected. And we know that we are so connected that when we eat something yummy, if you get a chance to eat some of the smoked meat that Fred makes, it's not just your mouth that is happy, but your whole body will rejoice when you eat something yummy. Um, and when we eat something gross or when we stub our toe, it's not just our toe that suffers, our whole body suffers. We know that we are so connected that if we try to tell an untruth that we can actually measure the cells in our big toe and they will change when we tell an untruth. Our body is connected. And when our body rejoices, one part of our body rejoices, the whole body rejoices. And when one part of the body suffers, the whole body experiences pain. This is something we're talking about, that we are so connected that suffering will draw us more deeply together as a body. This works better though in stories. So I wanna begin by listening to a story from one of my friends and one of the friends of our church, Todd Wagner. Todd is gonna share his story and we're gonna to interview Todd and hear a little bit about his journey with suffering and how it connected him with others. Greetings, Pastor Doug here. I am here with Todd Wagner. Todd's a longtime member, part of FBC, deacon, general, all around great guy. And Todd and I have known each other for a long time. And I'm really excited today to talk to Todd. So Todd, our February intergenerational question, because it's the caregiving pathway, is where do you see helpers? Oh, uh, I, I think I really see helpers in a, in a community, a community that comes together. Love it. It's a big deal. Well, um, Todd, I was especially looking forward to talking to you because we've been talking this whole month about suffering. We've been talking about a robust theology about suffering. Um, but you and I had a chance to walk through a time of deep suffering in your life. Can you share what was that time of suffering in your life? Um, there have been a yeah. few. This was a big one. Yeah, it was a big deal. Uh, surprising it's been 12 years now. I can't believe uh, that. I know. Uh, but uh, I used to work construction and I had a little accident. I took a, a little fall and broke some important bones. Uh, so I spent a few weeks in the hospital and another three months um, kind of stuck in bed and in a wheelchair uh, and kind of uh, went through a hard time. Uh, there was a lot of uh, physical suffering, of course, but uh, mostly mental suffering of just feeling absolutely helpless. Uh, I couldn't help with the family. Uh, I couldn't uh, you know, make any money, just a little bit of unemployment, which was great, but it was mostly just Kristen, my wife working, and that was it. That was a, it was a long three months. 
It really was. And, and you really, you couldn't stand up for three months. Right. It was, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, as you look back, you've got 12 years to look back. Um, that was a hard time. Has, has there been good that has come out of that time of suffering? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm much, I'm different now because of it. And that's, that's who I am now. And, and I've never had a problem with that. Uh, but it's nice to have that perspective now looking back and what made all that difference. Uh, and a lot of it was community. Uh, it was really surprising to see who surrounded us. I mean, of course, the church did in a, in a major way, but so did Kristen's uh, school that she was working for at the time. And of course, our friends and between all th three of those communities, uh, like I, I tell people, we didn't pay for gas or groceries for three months. And that was amazing. Um, you know, which is, you know, especially with the food and the meals, you know, and, you know, Kristen is the only one doing everything. So it was amazing to see the community come together. It was, it was a beautiful thing to, thing to watch. Um, I know that, you know, you've been a deacon. I mean, when it comes to helping out, you're usually the guy that's helping out. What was it like as a young man to be the person needing to receive? I was, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was, okay. it was different, but uh, very loving. Um, you know, I, I made some newer friends at the time and I uh, just, you know, got to grow closer to people. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, tell me, this is, this is a question, this, this kind of is in line with what were you saying, but today we're looking at this theme of what, how does suffering connect us horizontally to other people? We've been talking about how connects, how suffering connects us vertically to God, but how did you find suffering connecting you with others in the midst of a deep, hard time? Yeah, um, I'd say it was a matter of just having somebody there with me. Uh, and we might, you know, when you go through suffering, it's kind of hard to understand exactly what's going on with somebody or to explain to somebody what's going on inside. And, and just have somebody to sit there with you, even if they don't fully understand it, just to be there uh, and sit with you through it. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember the story of one of our deacons who went to visit you and he actually brought a bottle of liquid refreshment to you and yeah, yeah. one for himself and one for you. And, but he, he fell on the way and, <laughs> ended up cutting his hand and, and it, was it your mother-in-law who drove yeah. him to the emergency room? But I, if I recall, he went to the emergency room, got stitched up, yep. came, came back and then sat and talked with you. He did. Uh, that was a story none of us are ever going to forget. <laughs> but that was uh, inspiring to me. I mean, I don't know if I should say his name, but um, he was, it was amazing to have him just come and sit with me once a week and, and be there. A big deal it's a very big deal i love that um do you have any encouragement for the church yeah i really just show up uh, when people are in need just being there for them uh just just show up we know that woody allen said 90 percent of life is just showing up and there's some truth to that so i think that's a good that's a good encouragement todd i appreciate that um and so 
you um, you were no longer able to do the carpentry and contracting work. Um, tell us what you ended up getting to do because you're getting to do stuff that you love to do. So yeah, yeah, I just uh, moved back kind of more into my engineering background and found a new job that didn't require a job site, which was nice. Uh, so mostly indoors, but now I'm uh, designing and manufacturing rescue equipment. And that's something I do love to do. It's awesome. It's a very it's a very good thing. Do you ever miss the carpentry? Oh, uh, for sure. I, I definitely miss being outside and uh, I still use my hands, but not like I used to. And I miss that. Yeah. Well, Todd, can I pray for you? Of course. Lord, we're so thankful for all that you did. We're thankful for the healing that happened and that Todd is um, able to do so much and was um, was not was not really hampered in what could have been a very um, hard, bad accidents. So we're thankful for that. And we're just thankful for the job that he has and the way that he is serving the community in um, so many different ways. And thank you for the work that he does with rescue equipment. We pray a, pray a blessing upon him and upon his family, Lord, in this season. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Todd, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's good talking thank to you. Doug. And thank you to my church community. Blessings. I'm going to pass our time now on to Nikki Lang, who um, gets to share with us just a little bit about what it means to walk alongside each other in a time of suffering. And so thank you so much, Nikki, for the work that you've done in Sacred Pathways, but especially for this morning for sharing with us today. Yeah, thanks, Becca. Um, it's lovely to be with all of you. I feel kind of emotional just seeing all your faces because I miss you all. <laughs> and um just, it, it was great to hear Todd's story of his suffering. And I feel like in a lot of ways, we're all in a season of suffering right now. And I think that emotional suffering is often something that we can avoid if we, if we really put our minds to it. Um, in my own life, I experienced a lot of loss um, pretty early in my, well, it, late in my twenties. And I didn't know what to do with that grief. And, and it was often easier just to ignore it and to not share it. And I also think that because I had such a unique experience of losing my sister early in life and then losing both of my parents, I felt like no one could understand. No one, no one knew what that felt like. And I think a lot of times when we're in our suffering, we get that mentality. And so we think, well, you're not going to understand, like we hold our grief and our suffering to be very sacred. I know this was the case with me is that I felt like if you can't understand, I'm not going to tell you about it because we can't share that thing. And I went on for years like that. I, I tried to avoid my grief. I didn't want to be the sad person, right? Nobody likes to be sad. And we don't, we don't even want our friends to be sad. And I feel like this is a big, a big thing when, when we have a sad friend, the thing that we wanna say is, oh, you, you'll get over it. Like at least X, Y, and Z, or um, you know, you'll meet somebody else, you know, or, or it's going to get better. And we are so terrible at sitting with each other in sadness. Um, but I will tell you that the moments I have felt most connected in community, um, in this church community even, have been those moments when I have shared a sadness with another person, you know, whether it's someone else who had lost a parent or someone else who was just going through a time 
that they didn't want to be going through, which happens to all of us, right? We can all acknowledge that plan B feeling of like, this is not how I thought life was going to turn out. This is not the greater good that, that was supposed to happen for me. Um, but we have to be willing to go there. We have to be willing to be weak and hold on to that promise that in our weakness, God's power is made full. And it's so hard. We, we're in a culture, this American culture is not good for weakness and sadness because we, we want to get ahead, right? It's the American dream. We want to we wanna have happiness all the time. And that's just not a reality. That's just not something that happens. Um, I feel like this is appropriate for this day, but I've been reading this book, Wintering. I've shared this with a lot of people. Um, I listened to a beautiful interview on, on being, I know a lot of you, or a podcast, a lot of you listen to that podcast. Um, but she really talks about just making space for the season of winter. And it's beautiful. You look outside right now and it's like, yes, this winter forces us to slow down. This forces us to acknowledge our limits. Um, and so I just want to share a little passage of this with all of you this morning. Um, yeah, here it is. Sometimes the best response to our howls of anguish is the honest one. We need friends who wince along with our pain, who tolerate our gloom, and who allow us to be weak for a while while we're finding our feet again. We need people who acknowledge that we can't always hang on, that sometimes everything breaks. Short of that, we need to perform those functions for ourselves, to give ourselves a break when we need it and to be kind, to find our own grit in our own time. Another thing that's been bringing me joy during this really hard pandemic season is TV, <laughs> which is, is kind of embarrassing to say, but I'm just gonna say it because I'm being honest. Um, and Kevin and I together watched Ted Lasso, which I don't recommend this for kids, but I just thought it was completely hilarious and wonderful and painful and great all at, the, all at the same time. But in the very last, I don't want this to be a spoiler, but in the very last, it's about, it's about for those of you who haven't watched it, it's about an American football coach who goes over to the UK to coach soccer and he's never coached soccer before. So it's sort of just this like comedy of errors. Like it just, things go wrong, but he is just positive all the time. And at the very, in the very last, well, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm gonna, if you, it's not going to spoil the whole thing. It's still wonderful. But anyway, they lose a game. I'll just tell you that they lose a big game and they go back to the locker room and everyone's really sad, right? They're sad. It's been this really rough season um, and they're devastated. And he comes into the locker room in his very cheerful way. And he says something to the effect of, you are all lucky to be in this room and you're lucky that we are all experiencing this sadness because there is something worse than being sad and that is being sad and being alone and he says and none of you in this room are alone and i just want to tell you that if you are on the zoom screen if you are in this room with us you are not alone we are all here for you some people are even paid to be here for you you can call a pastor anytime if you are suffering you do not have to do it alone we are here for you. So I love you. Um, so I want to welcome our our last reflection story. And this is my Valentine. This is my 
um, my lovely wife, Lori, who is awesome. And so I want to welcome Lori and we get a chance to hear her story of how suffering has connected her to other people. And I thought I had it all ready to go. There we go. Unmuted myself. Good morning, church. Um, the topic of suffering is a tough one. And if I'm truthful, over a lot of my lifetime, if I were to consider suffering at all, I would think of it at a distance. Like, I know that suffering will come, but I would trick myself into thinking it'll come down the line sometime in the future. Clearly, however, with very little reflection needed at all, it becomes obvious that this is not the case. I am especially lucky to have a wonderful set of friends that I am still in touch with from my days in high school. Uh, we are a group of six phenomenal women who all love the Lord. And we deepened our relationship from the very beginning in our church youth groups, small group Bible study. In this household, in the Benel household, we refer to our longtime friendships as people who knew me when I was a brunette, or in the case of Doug, um, people who knew him when he had hair. And these women are those people for me. We have been in each other's lives for almost 40 years. And through the course of our friendship, the suffering that we have encountered together was never down the line, right from the beginning of our high school years and spread out over the following 40, we have suffered much together, uh, drawing closer as we weathered grief and trials, the likes of a dad walking out on his family. The diagnosis of a child whose disabilities will never allow for him to live independently Two of us have suffered through the death of a child. Three of us have already lost both of our parents. Two of us had parents with severe dementia. One of us has gone through a very difficult divorce. We have grieved singleness and family estrangement, and we have grieved chronic illness, health scares, and most recently, a cancer diagnosis. Life has thrown our little group of six, what some might say is unbearable hardship, unbearable grief, unbearable suffering. But sadly, this long list does not set us apart as unique or special. When you live life, you encounter and live through hardships and hard things. As a group, the six of us have not always been in great touch. In fact, when life is kind of sailing along smoothly, we fell out of touch for a bit. But as we heard in the scripture reading, suffering indeed draws us together. And when one member of the body hurts, we all hurt. And in our suffering over the years, we've been able to really show up for one another. Some of these women came here to Bellingham when Zachary was sick. And we've all traveled long distances to be at loved ones memorial services. And in these ways, we've been able to bear a little bit of the unbearable for one another. We are as close as we are because we've chosen to engage our grief and not ignore it. We are as close as we are 
not in spite of our suffering, but because of it. We choose to show up and we choose to engage in the trials that we're facing together. We've chosen to be honest with our questions and with our anger and with our tears, with our needs and with our boundaries. And by being honest and open, we've shared our burdens and invited each other in. We've invited each, we've invited one another into our suffering because of our deep love for Jesus and our deep desire to come to him on behalf of our hurting sisters. In this last very weird year of pandemic isolation, the six of us decided that the isolation was not good for us. And particularly since one of us lives alone, um, a request went out that could we please touch base and check in a little bit more regularly. So perhaps like some of you, we scheduled a weekly call and during that weekly call over this year, we have been able to hold each other up and burden share through this year's divorce, death, and diagnosis. By being in more regular contact with one another this year, we haven't taken away one another's pain or fixed each other's problems, but we have walked the paths that God has put in front of us Together, we have lifted each other up to hopefully make the burdens lighter. We've prayed for one another regularly. And I'm so thankful for these women in my life, for their willingness to be honest and their willingness to share their burdens. And though I cannot bring myself to be thankful for the painful experiences that we have all suffered through, I am thankful that we haven't had to do it alone. Now I'm going to be reading the prayer of St. Francis, after which we can all sing it together on mute as Lance leads us in his musical version of this wonderful prayer. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon where there is doubt, faith, where there is despair, hope, where there is darkness, light, where there is sadness, joy. O oh, divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life.
Thanks for listening to another FPC podcast. We encourage you to subscribe every week. You will be receiving 
some of the interviews that we do, as well as the sermon, as well as some of the music that we have. And we are also including some FPC special events. We encourage you to subscribe. Thanks for listening. Thank you.